How do you come to terms when you know a girl isn't for you? You accept that she never was for you. It was a game. It was just an idea, a concept, what your relationship was. Your relationship did not exist within reality itself. Human beings are flawed. We suffer and we're flawed. We suffer because of our flaws. I actually don't get thrown off when I see an attractive woman. And I don't actually lose myself and become a blubbering buffoon. A blubbering baboon. (laughs) And in the enlightenment of you understanding why I choose to hold on to my own pain, you gain the ability to set it free. You can only ever be where you are right now. What is your podcast? It's the major investment in your life, right? The journey will always be your journey. Yo, what's happening, my friends? Welcome to this podcast on how to get over a breakup. If you're dealing with tremendous pain right now because you've had your sense of identity ripped out, you've had your sense of reality destabilized, welcome. Come in. Come give me a hug, eh? That's all we're going to get into today. We're going to go through how to process all your pain, how to process the experience altogether, and get you back on the path to not only moving forward in your life, but moving forward so that you can bring the best of yourself to others. Because when you're dwelling deep in the darkness of what a breakup is, not only is that hurting you, but it's hurting the others around you because you're not able to serve them light. You're not able to serve them love. And it's actually a very selfish mindset if you were to look at it from a very objective standpoint where you're spending too much time in the attached pain to what your breakup was. You know, in the short term, we're going to look at in this podcast, I'll set up the menu here from the get. In the short term, There's an acute trauma that happens and that can last anywhere between one to two weeks of a breakup. It's just a shock. It's just a shock of if you were waking up next to that person every single day or if you weren't living with each other, but you were seeing them every single day or a majority of the week and that you text every day, every night, that you would call each other, that you would always, if not have direct comms with each other, you always had indirect comms. You were always within each other's psyche, within each other's consciousness. Jenna was always there. Adam was always there. Now that that's all gone, it's all gone. There's a tremendous sense of gap, tremendous sense of space that is now being left, a vacuum-like effect in which that your grip on reality is starting to lose. You start to lose hold on it. And so that's where that short-term acute pain comes from. But then when you start to look at long-term pain, and in today's session, we've got five, sorry if that made a little noise, we've got five, five different stories. The reason why I want to do this podcast today, because I have actually got, I think, at least two podcasts on how to overcome breakups. This might even be part three. I'm not sure if I'm titling that, but it's at least the third podcast I've done on breakups. In the last, I would say, two weeks, I've had five different stories of not only close people to me, but just random people from around the world reach out. Uh, some, Some seekers on Instagram, a couple actually, one through the website, one who's a client, one who's a close friend that have all just gone through breakups. And so I just feel like we need to rehash this today. Uh, We need to get in here today. And it's been at least a year or so since I have discussed breakups and how to best process that experience. So I feel like we're going to refresh, rehash and refresh. And I hope you're all doing amazing. Welcome back to the Boulder Joe podcast. If you're here on YouTube, drop a thumbs up on the video down below. Drop me a comment as well of any big truths, any big comments you might have throughout the session. And also to those of you that are on the post podcast, Spotify, Apple, wherever you may be, great to have you here as well. We, in one of the stories, is very in-depth. Someone who reached out via bulldojo.com sent me an email, not only about how he's not processing his breakup very well, but also a whole other host of mindsets to essentially evolve from the boyhood to manhood psychology, attachment to sex, 
uh, treating women like almost like slaves, so to speak. There's a lot to dive into with his email, but that's not what we're going to get into first. Here in the intro, I'm just setting you up. It's about there's five different stories we're going to touch. Not tremendously, ridiculously intense, but we will get to all of them because there's one that's from a girl's perspective as well, which is going to be good to get. Share it on Instagram and damn, that's good water. <laughs> damn, that's good water. And so, yes, that's going to be today. But first, before we even do any of that, I just want to hit some real groundwork. I want to hit some real groundwork. I want to hit some real foundations of when it just comes to breakups in general before getting to some specific stories. So as I said before, we understand the short-term acute pain. That should last one to two weeks. That's just the vacuum effect of what's happening in a breakup in which that you've lost your sense of reality and now we need to re-establish that. That really lasts about one to two weeks. If your pain goes any further than that, any more beyond one to two weeks, then what we're starting to deal with is the deep, dark territory of egoic attachment. But before that, before we get to all that philosophy or all that really deep think for a second, that's much later on the podcast. When we're thinking about the type of pain that we deal with in a breakup, how best to just deal with that in the moment? One key mindset. And it's over now. And it's over now. This is the first mindset I want you, if you're going through a breakup right now, or if you're reflecting on in past, or if it's just happened for you, and it's over now. When you realize that, and it's over now, that little one phrase encapsulates an entire concept of that, not only did I never own that person, you know, we spent all this great time together. We had so much love between each other. Maybe you've been together for a year, three, five years, if not more. I'm sure it was good when it was good, but it's over now. And when you realize that it's over now, I want you to also realize that I was good the day before, so I'll be good the day after. What that means is before you met Jenna, before you met Adam, were you good? Were you good? And good encapsulates your entire well-being, your entire life. Yeah, were you alive? Were you living your life? Were you doing the things you like to do? Were you processing this reality to a minimum average standard that allowed you to at least not want to end your own life? You can look at it in a dark way like that. At a minimum standard, you were doing okay. Good enough to be alive. But for most of you, it's probably a lot better than that. For most of you, you rewind back to prior to when you met that person before you even had conscious conception of who this person was that went on to become your long-term partner, you were good before you even had concept of who they were. So that now that they're no longer here with you, whether it's because they're dead or you two broke up mutually or one of you had to end it uh, independently, you're good now as well. You'll be good again. Past the short-term acute pain of this breakup, you'll be good again. Have faith that you'll be good again because... It is over now. And when you realize, and it's over now, we want to move towards light. We want to move towards that place of being good again. When you come out of the breakup, it's so easy to just put on the emo tracks, get the ice cream buckets, get the tissues, and to just wallow in your own self-pity. To to deepen the wound, actually. To If you imagine that this breakup has caused a giant gash through the a sternum of your emotional body and you've just got flesh ripped out in front of you 
instead of prying at the wound, instead of poking around in there, adding salt to it, rubbing around with jagged fingernails, how about let's not touch it? How about let's let the wound heal? If you guys ever fallen over or you cut yourself ever, you put a Band-Aid on and you don't touch it. If you keep touching it and allow it to be irritated and inflamed, it does not heal, no matter how good your healing powers are and how good your diet is and your recovery is. You need, things need time. They need time, but they need time in a way in which that they aren't constantly being irritated. So when I just mentioned before about the ice cream buckets and the tissue boxes and the emo tracks and the... Uh, rom, I was going to say Rob Cobb movies, not Rob Cobb. What's the opposite of that? Rom sad movies, the, the romantic movies that don't end well. Instead of putting those on and instead of wallowing in the deep self-pity, because even wallowing in deep self-pity is irritating the wound. Because what are you doing when you're going through wallowing and self-pitying? You are recounting. You are remembering. You are holding on, clenching fists. Your fists are clenched to the memories of when you two loved each other, when you two had great sex, when you two were in the deep throes of emotional connection that transcended your spiritual experience. You clench on and your fist just gets tighter. And almost if we can just transition that wound, it's almost as if the emotional wound that's gashed up through your body, you're just trying to pry in deeper, just trying to, in a way, you're trying to put it back together. You're trying to sew it back up together, but with your bare hands. Instead of using a fine point, fine point needle to just nice and clean, sew this wound back up, and then leave it alone. Leave it alone. In that analogy, what am I describing? If we look at you attempting to, if wallowing in self-pity and irritating the emotional wound that you have from this breakup is you attempting to put it back together with your hands. And so you're remembering all the memories and that you're trying to hold on to what no longer is. And you're just playing all of these things, looking at photo books, looking at things on Facebook, going to their social media profile all the time and just never allowing that true detachment. You you can imagine if you just had a giant wound in your chest and you were attempting to put it back together with your hands, you would just cause more bleeding. You would cause more pain. It's not clean. It's rough as hell. It's never going to heal. Let's not do that. Let's pick up a fine point needle. Let's lace up some silver string. And let's get a professional to just put this back together. And you're going to be your own professional. Yes, it's great. It's absolutely fantastic if you have not only a professional coach such as myself, but a close friend, a family member who is schooled on social dynamics who can help help you through the process. But it's only ever help. This is a key point I'm getting to in this beginning of this podcast on just general principles of dealing with breakups. One thing that you want to take careful note of in your recovery process from the wound of your breakup is to not lean so heavily on someone else to fix you, to fix your wound for you. The more you depend on someone else, the more you depend on someone outside of you to sew this wound up within you, you actually create a new wound. The more that you form that dependence, you're opening up the possibility to be gashed again. Because in that dependence, which is actually what caused the wound to begin with, 
If you were not so attached and dependent from the beginning, there would not be such a giant wound in your emotional psyche because of your sense of reality and your sense of who you think you are and who you thought you were in relation to not only her or him, but the rest of the world, the way that you perceive the world. That was rooted in dependence and in, sorry, that sounded, that said that too quickly. That is rooted in dependence. You say that quickly, it's actually rooted in dependence. That's not what I meant. It's rooted in dependence, aka that is an attachment, a very deep attachment. But if you then go seek to a coach or a friend or a family member and you lean on them entirely to help you put this wound back together and to sew this up with this fine point needle, well, you're just creating another form of dependence. You're just creating another attachment that is only going to lead to more pain because not only can someone not fix you, heal you, the healing has to be done within you. The peace has to become from within you. The moment you realize that cannot happen and the person that you have placed your trust and faith in to make that happen cannot do that for you, there's another sense of destabilization within your reality. You've placed your your trust in this person. I don't mean trust in the sense of, I trust you not to kill me. I mean your trust as in I'm using that as an object. You've, You've placed objectional trust, trust objectional trust in this person as if it was a commodity but then when you realize that it was paper it was worth nothing because they could never validate it someone that person that person that coach that friend that family could never come in and spend every waking moment with you 24 hours a day to ensure that your recovery process and healing goes smoothly even if they were willing to do that it would never be successful only you can heal you You can fool yourself. You can fool yourself into thinking that another could heal you for you. And that's actually uh, one of the biggest misnomers and biggest misconcepts with working with a coach or working with someone who is mentoring you or guiding you just in general here is that they never did anything for you. They only ever brought you to the river. It was you who had to drink. So let's just pause. Let's, Let's park that there. I just wanted to make that really clear because as we're, we'll get back to the fine tooth, how you're going to be able to fine tooth yourself, but people get very lost in that and you can actually cause tremendous harm within your other relationships if you depend too heavily on others to help you overcome your own pain. Your pain is your pain and for better or worse, a lot of times worse, that is the case. The reason why I say uh, worse is because the ego loves pain. Your ego loves pain, loves to be in pain. Hence why most people will not do what I'm about to say, which is that, okay, we're back here in terms of how we're going to seal up this wound in the short-term acute, seal up this wound. Uh, Instead of using our bare hands to try and mash this flesh back together, emotional flesh back together, instead of doing that, let's get a clean, sterile, nice, fine point needle with some silver lining and just... The way that we do that, is right there. In the presence of now, in the truth of what is happening right now, not in your past, not in your future, not in the deeply rooted past or the brightly projected future, 
will there be any healing for you. In your past, it's only pain. In your future, it's only pain. Your only salvation is in now. Your only peace is in now. When you're dealing with the short-term acute pain of a breakup, coming into the peace of now, which means that you allow your past to drift on. You allow your future to dissipate. And you can just drop into what's happening right now. Just that right there. There's an analogy I like to use with the clenching fist and open palm. For those of you that have access to water right now, I'm going to do it myself right now. I want you to get a glass of water. Go get a glass of water. If you're listening to this in post, just pause it. Well, <laughs> this is not a live session, so you're all listening to it in post. Go get yourself a glass of water if you didn't already have some with you. And just get yourself like a nice little cap, just a cap's worth of water. I've just done that myself here. Okay. I want you to hold your hand out. I'm doing this on YouTube, but for those of you on the post podcast, just listen good. Or just go to YouTube and watch this. I want you to hold your palm out and just pour a little water into it. Not much, you know. There's probably about a 50 cents piece worth of water in my palm right here. On YouTube, you probably can't see that water because I can't tip my hand, otherwise the water will fall out. But anyways, this is it. You get your water, hold your palm out flat, pour the water in. Everyone's hand has a slight dip, so the water will sit there quite comfortably. And I want you to observe... When you hold the water with an open palm, what do you notice about the water? Now I want you to clench your fist. What do you notice about the water? One more time. I'm pouring a little more water in here, just in this palm. I pour the palm, pour the palm, I pour the water into an open palm. What do I notice? It stays with me. It's peaceful. I see a clear reflection. It just is. Peaceful. I'm at peace, holding this water in my palm, open palm. When I clench my fist and it trickles down my wrist, falls to the ground, it leaves me. I feel tense. It doesn't feel right. There's no space. There's no reflection. What is your heart like? Open palm or clenched fist? What is your mind like? Open palm or clenched fist? If your mind and heart are like a clenched fist, how will you ever heal? How will you ever recover? How will you ever come to know yourself and enjoy the peace of now? Only with an open palm could I ever see the water's, the water's reflection. Only with the open palm could I see the water's reflection. Pour a little more water in here right now. It's just as clear as day. When I 
reframe from tensing, from stressing, from holding on to what no longer is. I get to know myself. Not only in the metaphor of that I am the water itself, but in the literality of that I can see myself within the water because it's still with me. Because it's at peace. And the water's peace is a direct reflection of my peace. But if I go to clench this water, there's no more peace. I can't see myself. I don't know myself. Can't be at peace. Can't heal myself. Spread that in. It's one of my favorite exercises to do with clients and those dealing with intense pain and traumatic experiences in life. The open palm to clench fist. Where we are in this podcast right now is how we're going to be able to sew up the wound in a clean and professional-like manner. In a clean, speaking of clean, I'm just going to mop up some of this water. Something to fall with. A lot of water on the ground, bro. <laughs> It'll evaporate. Evaporation. In a clean and pain-saving manner, the way in which that we go about that in a breakup. To overcome this breakup in a clean and pain-saving manner is that we do not clench the fist. We do not long for what no longer is. We do not attempt to salvage, to reap, to extract what modicum of connection may still be available to that point of reference, a.k.a. your partner, ex-partner. We let them go and we let the experience go so that we can come into now. Like I said before, in your past, you will find pain. In your future, you will find pain. But in now, and if you allow yourself to be treated as an open palm, you treat your spiritual being, your physical, mental, spiritual being as an open palm. And what that means is that I let go. I breathe into now. I breathe into this space. The space that's available to me now. The space that is available to me now. Right now. And I focus on doing now. Many of you will say, but it's so hard. It's so difficult. The moment is not hard, nor is it difficult. Only you who comes to it. Let go of you. Then you say, ah, oh, letting go of me is so hard. Yeah. As the natural condition of human beings. Human beings come prepackaged. Uh, actually, I'll take that back. Human beings come preset with the presets the word. Preset with the instructions to form an I and to form a you. But it definitely takes a few years before you start to understand you or I. The ultimate truth of what is happening right now is always available to you. And as the great Zen master Sung San once said, the thoughts in your mind, they come and they go. 
They come and they go. Just like the clouds in the sky. They come and they go. They come and they go. But the truth and the moon will always be there. The truth is always there for you. So, clear mind like the full moon. You can find that instruction in Dropping Ashes on the Buddha by Zen Master Sun, if I'm saying that correctly. Clear mind, like the full moon. The more time you spend in your past or your future, the more pain you will cause. So the fastest way that I know of to move past the first week to two weeks of acute short-term trauma that comes through a breakup is to spend as much time in now. To actively go out of your way to not only distance from the mechanisms that you know are patterns that help you to engage in unconsciousness and in self-consciousness and in extravagant, I was going to say, I'm going to melt those two words, extravagant consciousness. When you are extravagantly indulging on your consciousness, we want to do away with that. We want to, if we need to, put blocks on our social media so we can't access them. We need to set times at which that, if it's integrated with our work, to separate work from social media time, to to put in anything that I need to do. Anything I need to do that I know that, okay, this is what I do at 11 p.m. or at 11 a.m., that's my thing, is that I always go on social media and I look at this. Well, then how about let's not do that? How about let's replace that mechanism of behavior with something that would bring us actively into the moment? Anything physical, anything physical that does not involve an electronic device, right? Whether you want to go work out, whether you just want to sit down and breathe for five minutes, just take deep breaths into the balls, into the eggs, up through the diaphragm, up into your chest. Excite all of your cells and all of your blood for five minutes. Just intercept the pattern. Find ways to create patterns in your life now, especially in your first week to two weeks of overcoming the short-term trauma, in which that you can spend as much time connected to what true reality is, because your sense of reality has been ripped away. Ripped away, destroyed, destabilized. It's a, it's a complete obliteration of what you once knew life to be. So now I want you to return back to what life actually is. It was in a game. It was, it was a game. It was a game. It was just an idea, a concept, what your relationship was. Your relationship did not exist within reality itself. It's just an idea. Just like Apple and Microsoft are just ideas. They're just, you could change the name any day. You could, you could destabilize the company and reform something new. You know, it's just an idea that these people have collected underneath. We believe in that idea. Same goes for your religion. Same goes for your spirituality. Same goes for your philosophy towards anything. We're all just all ideas. They all were products of thought. But when you put away the thought, just for a second, and you can just breathe into what's happening now, and you can just sit by the ocean, and you just allow the waves to come and they go. The waves are not ideas. The waves are not concepts. The waves are rooted in reality. They care not for you. They care not for me. They care for not for all. They care not at all. They just are. The full moon cares not you, cares not for me. It just is. Anything in the natural world. You know, physicality brings you in. Even better if you can bring physicality into the natural world. Whether that does mean you go swimming or you go running or you go hiking or you just take a long walk. Take long walks throughout the day. Or that you just go spend some time in a botanic gardens. Whatever it is, get back into the mother that brought you here. 
get back into the root system of what reality is, help you to deal with that pain, that, that acute short-term pain will be healed. Your balm, your ointment, that silver lining thread that is going to be finely tuned to seal up this wound will be much better served in a natural organic space. At the same time, we want to not only actively bring those things in, but we want to actively dissuade and discern ourselves from the things that do the opposite. So overindulging in the ice cream buckets, aka processed food, processed comfort food that is just going to only make you step down into a lower state of consciousness. We do away with that. We do away with the inflammatory media, aka our ex-partners' social media accounts or our photos or our videos of them or our memories, our things of them that are at readily accessed to us within our room, photos, et cetera, all that stuff. We do away with that. We do away with the notebook, <laughs> the notebook, the film. We do away with the emotional movies and the extremely sad music. We do away with these things that are actively inflaming the wound. If you do away with the inflammatories and you actively bring in the healing, your short-term process through processing the pain of this breakup will be better served, much better served, and will be guided through at a much faster pace. Okay. Now that we've handled that in terms of just foundations, now let's move on to, I'll make sure I'm not skipping over anything here. Now we're going to move on to, maybe we'll go into the stories now because the long-term, what happens if you are long-term dealing with uh, attachment-based pain towards a breakup, that's probably going to organically flesh itself out through these stories because with a couple of these stories, we do address that. So let's take a quick moment here, get some water. If you guys are enjoying this content, Make sure you let me know. If you send me an, inst- an Instagram DM at uitang1, tang one Drop me a comment on YouTube. Most appreciated. Any big bigs, any big truths. Share me some intimate details. I'm all about it. I'll come back and I'll check them. And drop a thumbs up on the video as well if you're here as well. And uh, don't forget to help out your friends. If you think they need something like this, send it. I think they need to hear it, send it. Okay. So, Let's get into these stories. Let's get into these stories. And just, yeah, the, the summary there, this actually, well, let me just, let me sum that up just before we do move on to the stories. <clears throat> no, no, I think we did just sum that up. No, no, but going back to the, the way not to do it, I guess, the way not to do it, what I talked about before about the inflammatories, the inflammatories, just in that analogy, is you attempting to uh, put the wound back together by causing more pain, which would never work. So don't become dependent on others and don't attempt to do it in a way that's inflammatory. Do it in a way that is healing. Open palm it, don't clench fist it. There you go. Okay, so we've got five friends here and I've got to be careful with names. I'm going to have to go back to my phone. Five, uh, five stories, five stories of recent breakups within the last two weeks. These people do not know each other. They're just random. One is a close friend, one's a client. Two reached out through Instagram and one reached out through Bold Dojo. They have absolutely no idea. Four guys, one girl. They have no idea who each other is though, which is what makes this such a coincidence why I had to do today's podcast. So who will we begin with? Well, for the four of them, I don't really need to actually go into them too much. I'm just going to use them as reference point throughout the podcast. There's only one that I really need to go into, which is the one that was a gigantic email that was sent to sent to me. So let's just go through organically. About two weeks ago, a close friend of mine uh, came to me and he realized that him and his long-term partner, they'd been together for about two years. 
were having misalignment in desires, misalignment in sexual desires, in understanding of what the T's and C's of their technically monogamous, exclusive, closed and locked relationship was. And so there were there was some pushing back and forth with both of them in terms of, you know, hopping onto dating apps and getting uh, sexually, at least verbally sexually involved with other members of the opposite gender. And it came to the point where he realized that, okay, well, this, this needs to end. And uh, I helped guide him through the process of how to end that in an empathetic way, how to ho- handle the open and direct conversation that would do that. That was about two weeks ago. That was the one that was closest to me. I'm not going to say any more than that. That's all I'm really going to say on it. But he's currently in that acute short-term process part. So that's good. That's good. That's a good reference point. He's currently going through the short-term that I'm just talking about and learning to become the open palm. Second story was from one of my clients, actually. And I'm not going to use his name. I'll just call him X. One of my clients who we just had the session last week, who's realizing that his life desires, his life alignment is not aligned with his current partner. His current partner, this is a guy who's in the US, actually, who his current partner wants to really settle down, like move in with each other. She wants to move in with each other. Uh, she wants him to really start to become that future husband, future father of children type figure, really just kind of hunker down and nail in. That's the kind of place she's in in life. But that's the very opposite of what he wants to do. He's recognizing he's got a lot of growth, a lot of development to achieve in his own social dynamics, not just social dynamics as well. Like very tactically, he needs to improve to get to conscious competence in social dynamics. I know all this because he's my client. But he also, just in terms of his life, he wants to have the freedom to be able to on a whim, go to a 30-day meditation retreat and not be responsible for someone else, to be able to, on a whim, go travel around the world because he needs to conference with someone or do something else. So he just they're just in a completely different alignment, place of alignment within their life journey. So he needs to end it because of that. He has not ended it yet because he's waiting for a couple... There's some very sticky, tricky life events happening with them right now. So he said... In a week and a half, they'll be ending it. So he will be going through the short-term acute pain process within about a week or so. So this podcast will be good for him. Story number three, that was in the US. So the first, my close friends in Australia. Second story was from a client who's in the US. Third one is from an Instagram. I haven't even opened this message yet. I've just seen the, like, you know, the first line of it that Instagram shows you. So you guys will find this out as I'm finding this out. Here we go. So, this is sent to me on Instagram last Thursday. Last Thursday, I'm going to just call him X as well. I'm not going to use his name. He reached out to me on Instagram. How do we tank one? Double O I tank one saying, my brother, big fan of your work. Best way to move forward after a long-term relationship. It's rough. Normally, I would go back and say, ask a whole bunch of contextual questions like, what's rough? What are you dealing with that? Et cetera, et cetera, just to really specifically target what it is he's inflaming himself with. Because move, what he's said there, if you guys have been paying very close attention to this podcast, you can probably, you can probably, based on how he's phrased that message, guess what stage of pain he's in terms of processing, what processing stage he is in terms of the pain. Because he says, Best way to move forward after a long-term relationship, it's rough. Now, I don't know him. I don't know him at all. He's never reached out to me before. That's literally the first message he's ever sent me. But just the way he's phrased that, and I could be wrong, but just the way that he's phrased that, if I had to put money on it, 
It's that he's past the acute short-term pain. It's been more than one to two weeks and that he is in the deep egoic attachment stage of pain in terms of not allowing the past to be the past, to let go of the past, to open palm himself into the presence of now. The reason why I say that is because in the words, best way to move forward after a long-term relationship, it's rough. It doesn't feel like to me that he's just had it done because it doesn't seem particularly emotional. Now, that could just be the way that he types. And I can definitely, I'm not, I'm, I know I'm missing a lot of subcommunication there for sure. So I will say for that, but someone who's going through acute short-term pain is going to be a lot more emotional about it. They're going to use more superlatives. They're going to embellish a lot more. This seems too analytical, too, too calibrated almost in a sense. And that is what happens when people don't let go of their pain in long-term that are process their pain in long term is that they keep it under wraps. They learn to just deal with the pain. They learn to keep the beast on a leash, even though it nicks them every day, even though it causes a gash every day and a reopening of the wound every day, it doesn't cause such pain that they have a complete destabilization of their bodily functions in their life, which is what happens within the first one to two weeks. So that's why I get that from him. I could be totally wrong, but just the way that he's messaged me, I feel like he's well past the first one to two weeks. So that was just, and I'm just giving this to you guys as reference points. So I haven't, I haven't even responded to him, but we'll talk more about him in this podcast. Well, it'll come out for him organically in this podcast, but that's, uh, I think he's Australian. I think he's Australian. I don't know. I don't know him, but I have reason to believe. I just, I'm just taking a wild swing, but Okay, so that was story number three of someone who's going through a relationship breakup, but he's definitely feels like a long-term process. And then oh, story number four. Story number four, I don't even need to get this up because I put it up on my Instagram stories in the level up highlights. I mean, I put it on my story, but I saved it to the level up point two or level up 2.0 highlights, just in the Instagram highlights in the stories that I save. I put up her entire message and the gist of her message, this is from a girl was that she was in a open and free style relationship just having fun having getting the government benefits given the government benefits of a sexual relationship with no strings attached and so open and free casual however her partner the male sensed that she was becoming a little too dependent on it and that he wanted to distance himself away from her he she attempted to what's the word convince convince she attempted to convince him that this was not the case that she was not getting needy on him or dependent on him she just really enjoyed having great sex and uh, having a lot of fun with him but when he attempted to distance she freaked out and uh, she started hitting him up too much he blocked her on social media even got to the stage where she actually showed up at his house and you know she was almost she basically crying in tears at that point when he's saying that listen we can't we can't do this you know we can't be together and so it was just a bit of a blow up situation. And she kept saying to me that, you know, it's like, I'm just there for the fun. I'm just there for the fun. I don't even really need this guy. I'm not really that attached to this guy. It's just that I just wanted to keep, keep the fun times going. And I can, and basically my message to her was essentially that you keep saying that you're not attached yet. All of your actions demonstrate that you are. So what this means is that you are dealing with an incongruence 
within yourself, you are battling the fact that you have feelings for him, deeper feelings for him, yet are not willing to accept them. Hence why you acted the way that you did and that you pushed the level too far with him, pushed the revs too far with him and burned the relationship. And my final piece of advice at the end was that, hey, listen, in future, we don't need to burn relationships. We just need to know ourselves. If we can be honest with ourselves, then we can find and forge a way forward with a relationship that may no longer be sexually polarized because he can't provide that anymore. But you can still maintain a relationship nonetheless. It doesn't have to be sexually polarized, or I should say it doesn't have to be sexually intimate. It will always be sexually polarized once it has been from the beginning. But it does not have to be and remain sexually intimate for you two to still have a connection together, whether it's because of time or space or because of desire that is no longer aligned. You know, you let it go when it needs to be let go and then forge something new if it was some, worth something to be forged for. If there's some meaning in it, then we don't need to burn it with our deep attachment and of our neediness and our reaction and uh, to our sense of loss. And that's actually something that we need to talk about big time in this podcast is the sense of loss. And the sense of loss is what we will talk about a lot when it comes to the long-term processing of pain. Because the sense of loss is like this lingering aroma. It's this lingering, heady, strong sense that never, it's like a cloud that's just around you and it's always with you if you always perceive it as loss when you go through the breakup. So that was story number four. Now to hit you guys with the fifth, with the old quintuplet, <laughs> the bold dojo, this is the big one. So that's why I wanted to save this story for the midway of the podcast or you know, at least once we've kind of chopped up for a bit. Give you guys some real tactics at the beginning because once we get into this story, this story is not just about dealing with the breakup. In fact, a lot of it is just dealing with mindset of not being a childish, immature person. That's kind of what this next story is going to be about, but I won't go too deep on the on those psychological points. I will stay focused on the breakup relationship aspect of that story because it's a very, very, there's many points within it that could form different podcasts. So not only am I saying that to you guys now because it's a commitment, but it's also just to remind me not to go in such deep rabbit holes with some of the stuff you're about to hear. Because there's some inflammatory things in this email that really piss me off <laughs> with a smile. Like when I say piss me off, they piss me off because I just want to chop into them. They rattle my cage. They, they inflame my zen chimp. My chimp inside my mind gets inflamed reading this email. So... Uh, and actually it was, yeah, that's it. That's all of it is for Instagram. We're going to to move on this email. Get on this email. So, and so when the Zen chimp, when the inner Zen chimp is not happy, I like to get passionate. I get very emotional and I can get into tangents too deep. So I have to remind myself just by saying it out loud. That is not what we are focusing on today. Today we are focusing on the breakup relationship aspect. Very good. Yosha. Ikimashou. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. So this was emailed to me just yesterday. So for the fifth breakup story or thing to do with breakups within two weeks, just come in this last week. I'm not going to, sorry, yesterday, technically last week, but yesterday, because today's Monday. Ah, uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, not going to use his name. I haven't even responded to this email. I just came in yesterday. 
the store. So X, I'm referred to him as X as always, emailed me at boldojo.com where you guys can, of course, always email me for free. And you can also sign up to the Bowl Sip weekly email newsletter. That's free. Email you every Friday. Stay up to date with all the cool shit that's happening. Better get there. X emailed me saying, Hi, Adam. I've been watching some poddos lately. First, I think you're underrated, not meant as an ego boost, but your content is genuinely valuable to me and others at various stages of our journey. Well, thank you, X. He then goes on to say, in the recent, do you need sex to be happy? Social Q&A Live, I think it's some way through the last season. I noticed a few of the points you mentioned applied to me, i.e. how the guy seeks for happiness through sex. It's an external life support. I am not that extreme as reflecting on my last long-term relationship, I did not always look for sex slash nudes slash XYZ for her to make me happy. Sometimes I would, however. And when she wouldn't give me those things by default, I got pissed. It's ridiculous how much of a boy I still am. Moreover, this led the relationship to a sour point. And let me just pause it here for a second. I haven't had the time to be able to go back and hit him with an email to say, how old are you? What country are you from? What's your level of sexual experience? Et cetera, et cetera. Oh, you know, all the contextual questions I would normally ask because that's not what, that's not why I'm reading out this email. I'm reading out this email to focus on the relationship points, which, yeah, it'd be nice to know those details, but it's not integral. So we're going to guess, just based on his profile picture, I'm going to guess he's mid to late 20s. I'll say that. I'll be surprised if he's over 30, is what I'm saying. Or if he's in his deep 30s, I'll be surprised. It might be early 30s. Somewhere between 20 and 30, okay? (laughs) Okay, so getting back to it. He said, It's ridiculous of how much a boy I still am. Moreover, this led the relationship to a sour point, in brackets, lots of fighting for other reasons too, in bracket. And when she decided she couldn't take it anymore and wanted to end things, it shattered me. I tried to keep face and said I also wanted to end things too, which I did on some level, but was always in denial. Question, how do you come to terms when you know a girl isn't for you? I'm sure I have experience now, but I've been struggling to tell her in the past that it isn't working out. Maybe because she always was always giving me sex slash love slash affection, it made me stay, which after that previously mentioned potto, it seems I was seeking happiness through those actions rather than the girl itself. This was my first long-term relationship that was this long, one year. I also had a previous one for eight months, but that one was extremely unhealthy as I treated her as a slave and making her serve me in a very contemporary way. In any case, the former girl, I was still able to connect on a deeper level more than ever, ready to die in the moment, riding roller coasters, souls connecting, sharing extreme chemistry, going through pain and growing as people. Maybe it's contradictory to what I said earlier, and maybe this is why I was so conflicted to end things. Note, in short, I wanted to end things because as good as we were, when in the bad times, she was unable to be here and show maturity for herself. <clears throat> so that was the context. My next question is, how do you start to change your mindset from boy to man? In the podcast, you said one shouldn't necessarily attempt the journey if your mindset isn't there because you would be doing it for the wrong reasons. So I recognize my mindset and behavior of past girls are not where I want to be, but changing it is hard. E.g., I still get very jealous when a girl I care for has any attention shown from another guy. Or when she doesn't give sex slash nudes, it pisses me off. I'm lacking in being present. When I have sex, I want sex to be assured for the next time, you know. Even after sex, the rush and high calms down, 
And I never thought I'm okay with it being the last time. I think it points to some abandonment issues slash lack of attention from girls growing up. So when I get someone deep into me, I clench to it. Ah. Ah. Clenches to it. Makes them give me everything I think would make me happy. Make them give me everything I think would make me happy. And ultimately, it ends up destroying them regarding both of my last two long-term relationships. I want to start a 30-day challenge, but I don't even know if I can take knowing my inadequacies. I want to start a 30-day challenge, but I don't even know if I can take knowing my inadequacies. Just like how I'm afraid to really look at my body, I'm overweight, in the mirror, as I'll think, what would girls think? However, in the moment, I don't really get insecure, as I already know the girl is into me, but I think you get my point. I want to change, but I want a strong mindset first. I don't want to give up on day X. How do I go about that? Note that I'm still hurting from the breakup. It's been hard accepting it. I am practicing regular mindfulness and emotion management, emotion management through meditation and doing cold showers every day. I randomly do a cold approach every now and then, but it's so hard not to be rejected. Not Sorry, it's so hard not to be rejected. That's not the hard bit. That's the fun part, he says, but realizing my shortcomings. I wish you had some infield from past videos as a reference, but I understand why you did it. I'd love if you could point me to some content. If you already covered these points before, thank you for being an inspiration in these tough times. Cheers, X. Okay, so there's a host of questions there. There's a host of questions which I will address. Uh, I will address poignantly, concisely. I will address the things that are not related to the breakup. But the real point of this message that I wanted to get to was the final bit that he said. Note that I am still hurting from the breakup. It's been hard accepting it. And then he goes through some really cool things, actually, with the mindfulness and emotional management, meditation, cold showers. But that's the long-term pain that I've been discussing. That's the the thing that I want to get on with him the most. But I will dial back up this email just to address some things. And actually, if we could just get a summary on the entire situation, because it was quite a long situation. Don't know how old he is, but we do know that he is... Some he is somewhat inclined to the journey of self-cultivation. Don't know how deep he is. He says he does a cold approach every now and again. He is not in great physical state. He's not happy with his physical state. He is overweight, as he is described, and that he's had two long-term relationships, and he's burned both of them because of the same mindsets that he has described. And let me just uh, make that sense. Let me get that specifically. He's burned the last two long-term relationships – and I think he means that they were the only two that were of any meaningful period of time. He says that when I get someone deep into me, I clench to it. Yeah. Make them give me everything I think would make me happy. And ultimately, it ends up destroying them. So, destroying the relationships. So, so there's the, and okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Before we get into all that, let me just, because I want to do, I want to do justice to the actual email as an entirety. He did ask a question before that. I'm just going to run through this. So the first question he asked was, how do you come to terms when you know a girl isn't for you? I'm sure I have experience now, but I've been struggling to tell her in the past it isn't working out. Maybe because she was always giving me sex, love, and affection, it made me stay. Which, after listening to that podcast, the other one, it seems that I was seeking happiness through those actions rather than the girl itself. So to the actual question of how do you come to terms when you know a girl isn't for you? key mindset 
She never was for you. How do you come, the question is, how do you come to terms when you know a girl isn't for you? You accept that she never was for you. She was only her. And you were only you. No girl is made for you. No guy is made for you. You don't own anyone in this life. Getting into the deep throes of a relationship skews your perspective on reality in which that, if not consciously, some people in a very dark way, consciously take ownership of their partner. But for most people, it's a subconscious dwelling. It's a subconscious attachment that I own this person now and they own me. It's a contract in idea, a contract in attachment. Never really said, never said in so many words. You know, we say cute things. Like, you're my all. You're my everything. You'll always be mine. And I'll always be yours. Doesn't it just, it warms your heart, huh? Pumps that heart. Pumps that aorta. Guess the crowd it's going. You can feel it. Makes me feel good saying it, right? But what are we actually saying there? Where you're my everything. And I'm yours. What you're actually saying when you say that I own you and you own me. You're mine and I am yours. Not in a Disney fairy tale like sense of that we have this grand spiritual connection in which that it is so unique and special to us that it would never ever possibly be recreated in any other shape or form. Not like that. When I'm saying it, I'm saying that, no, you are taking control. That you are, when you are owning that person, you are placing them into an objectified box. You are putting him and her into a box. And that box is locked because it's mine and you're in it. Now, no one likes to think of it this way. Most people don't. Most people would never consciously say, yeah, I own this person now. And when they say that, you're mine, baby, and I'm yours, they don't, they're not interpreting it in the way that I just said. Yet, the result is the same. And yet, the action is that very much so. Hence why so much pain is caused when one partner breaks the T's and C's of a relationship in the form of cheating. Cheating would not be such an issue and would not be such a destabilizing emotional experience for human beings if we did not place such intense ownership on that human being. If your ownership only ever extended to, you know, I'm yours in the sense of that you have all of my spirit. You have all of, when you say all of my heart, you have all of my emotional care. You have all of my presence. You have everything that I can offer to you in this life while we are together. If your ownership only ever extended to that, but never went beyond it to the point of where you add and everything else in you in your life and everything that you do, everything that you say, everything that we do together, everything that we experience together can never be experienced ever again by another human being, can never be touched, can never be explored with anyone else outside the confines of our relationship. If so, this couldn't be there's going to be a lava. There's going to be a meltdown. There's going to be a barbecue breakdown. If your ownership or what you, and then it's not really even ownership at that point when you say I'm yours and you are my everything. 
if it only ever stops at the pure giving and no taking. That's why when you see what happens with cheating, why it's so destabilizing, even if not the actual act of cheating, just the very idea that it could be happening, that's often just enough to completely just turn the keys and launch the rockets in most relationships. It doesn't even have to be the actual, okay, you walk in on her sucking that guy's dick or you walked in on him pounding her. You know, it's, it might not even be that aggressive. It could have just been the idea that he may or she may have even just been doing that or would want to do that with someone else. That, for a lot of people, is enough to, like I said, launch the rockets. Why? Because Not because their spiritual giving has been taken away from them, because that can never be taken away from you. You know, what you're able to control, your 50, can never be taken away from you. Your sense of love, peace, and joy, how much you can give of that to someone else, can never be taken away from you. As long as you are still breathing, as long as you can still look me in the damn eyes, you can give love, you can give peace, and you give joy to the fullest extent. To You can be Victor E. Frankel in the Auschwitz, Holocaust, Nazi, German camps, and you can be grounded, beaten, battered, all your family ripped away from you, yet you still maintain the light in your eyes to live. They can't take away that, right? that, that desire to live. As long as you're still breathing, you have that possibility. You have that capability. It's the same in a relationship. It's the same in a relationship, regardless of what the other partner does. However, if you went a level beyond that and you said, hmm, actually, everything that you do now, but if I'm going to give you this love, if I'm going to give you this spiritual love, there's actually going to be a caveat to that. There's going to be a T and C to that, terms and conditions to that, a joken, a condition to that, joken, I should say. I'm going to say that like French. It's a Japanese word, joken. There's going to be a joken to this, which is a condition, which is that uh, everything that you do, say, think, and feel is mine as well. When you add that extra attachment, that's when this, the concept of cheating launches those rockets, causes extreme emotional destabilization. Now, why we got onto this? We were addressing his first question. We were addressing his, oh, that's right, because he asked me how to come to terms, how to come to terms when you know a girl isn't for you. How do you come to terms when you know a girl isn't for you? And what did I say, my friends? It's in realizing that she never was for you. She was never yours to keep. She was never yours to own. She was only ever just her. Human beings are flawed. We suffer and we're flawed. We suffer because of our flaws. No one's perfect. Your girlfriend, she's going to make mistakes repeatedly. You, going to make mistakes repeatedly. Some mistakes worse than others, depending on the terms and conditions you set up in your relationship. Sometimes not even mistakes. Sometimes just misalignment of life journey, like one of my clients who is having to break up with his girlfriend imminently. She didn't do anything wrong, neither did he. They're just in a misaligned place in life. It does just not make sense. It's not congruent for them to be together in a monogamous relationship. He's going to have to split that up for both of their development, both of their growth. He can't imprison her. He can't imprison her through kindness. You know, him staying around with her just because he would make her happy in the long term, causes more pain. To realize that we don't own anyone in this life, to realize that our human experience is so fleeting and it's so rare, right now, over 
In the, right now, over in Israel, rockets are being launched. People are getting blown up. People are going to sleep with rockets in the skies. Why you would place such restriction on a human being to the point in which that I own you? It's, in my mind, it's, it's silly because it causes such pain that never needed to be caused. Coming to terms when a girl is not for you and then having to break up with a relationship for it, the way you come to terms with it is that I never owned her and she never owned me. We were two chimps on a floating marble in the infinity of time and space in such a rare experience. We had what we had while we had it. It was good while it was good, but now it's over. So when it comes time to executing that action, executing the breakup, do it swiftly, do it concisely, do it empathetically. Do it in a way that honors not only the time and experience you had together as two chimps floating on a planetary marble in the infinity of space and time. Honor all of that, but then stay direct, congruent, authentic to your intent to end it because you need to end it because of whatever the reason may be. Whatever the reason may be is the rest of your uh, question there. Was something that you alluded to, which is that because she wasn't always giving you sex, love, and affection, you know, maybe you were seeking that and seeking happiness from that rather than the girl itself. And maybe, my friend, as we can just step out, as we've kind of stepped into a nice little bubble of of uh, enlightenment here, if we could just step out for a second and just look at your story overall, if you're seeking for sex, love, and affection to make you happy. It's a futile game. It's an exercise in pain and attachment. It's an exercise in egoic illusion and delusion. You will never be happy through that. Why? Because it's a cup that has no bottom. When will there be enough sex? When will there be enough happiness or love? Never will be. You'll never be satisfied. Because you're asking someone else to fill your cup. And that cup can never be filled. The only cup that can be filled is your cup. So, fill your own cup. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, let's move on to the next part of his email because, like I said, it's like I kept that pretty relevant. Actually, actually, don't flame me for that. I kept that pretty relevant. That was not tangenty at all. I don't think. <laughs> I think we stayed pretty focused there. So let's move on to the next part. Stay, keep our heads in the game here. Keep our heads in the old game. What's next? There was another question that came after that. Okay. So his next question was, how do you start to change your mindset from boy to man? Because he did acknowledge that he's been very immature and still a boy. How do you change your mindset from boy to man? In the podcast, the previous one, uh, Will Sex Sex Bring You Happiness? It's a social Q&A live. He said, in that podcast, I said that one shouldn't necessarily attempt the journey if your mindset isn't there because you're doing it for the wrong reasons. So I recognize that my mindset and behavior of past girls are not where I want to be, but changing it is hard. I still get very jealous when a girl I care for is showing any attention for another guy or when she doesn't give sex nudes, sex or nudes, it pisses me off. There are other things he was saying about he lacks presence, like when he's even having sex, he's always thinking about when am I getting the next sex and et cetera, et cetera. And then we get to the clenching. 
Yeah. And then he goes on, I think it points to some abandonment issues, lack of attention from girls growing up. So when I get into someone deep into me, I clench to it, make them give me everything I think would make me happy and ultimately it ends up destroying them both. So so right there, that's a perfect analogy to the open palm versus clenched fist, fist, clenched fist. X, as you're listening to this, what is your representation of being? Are you an open palm or are you a clenched fist? You said that you clench onto people. You clench onto people. Well, if you clench onto people, what does that say about your way of being? Are you an open palm? Questions. Moving back to the question of how do you, your large question, which we'll not spend too much time on because it's not actually focused on this in this particular podcast, but I'll make it concise and I'll make sure it is it serves what it needs to serve, which is that you say, how do I get on the path to being from evolving from boyhood to manhood psychology is essentially what you're asking. Well, I have a short film known as What is a Man? It's on the Bowl channel. Go check it out. It's called What is a Man? Because most of my followership at the time and still is proportionally male. However, a lot of the principles in there are human principles. They're not actually, it could very well just be titled What is a Human? Not just a woman or a man, just a human. Okay. So I would check that out because because of what I'm about to say. What I'm about to say is this. It's total temple development. To evolve yourself from either a girl or boy into a man or woman, it's total temple development, starting at the peak of the hierarchy, which is purpose, followed by physical, mental, and then social development. The first three are all your 50 in terms of making sure that your foundations of who you are as a being are in top condition, that you're waking up knowing why. You, know, you wake up knowing your purpose in life every single day. That there's, no, there's no moment in your day that is not guided by a by a wind, by a light, by a rudder, by a mechanism that says that this is why I'm alive and this is why I'm doing it. That's purpose. And then you have that, you have all your different mechanisms, all your different vehicles that you enact your purpose through. And then we take care of our physical, our physical mechanics, very tactically in the sense of our actual physical body, right? The very vehicle itself that we have to use to enact our desires and wills has to be in top condition. Now, you don't have to be an Olympic level athlete, but you you have to have functional mass and relatively and relatively low unfunctional mass, right? And even body fat. And what I'm talking about there is body fat. Body fat has function to it, right? Body body fat keeps you warm. Body fat uh, loops up joints. If fat is necessary for brain function. There's many. The entire lymph, your entire body system requires fat. However, not to the point of relative unfunction dysfunction. You know, for the general human being, if we're taking just generals and we're looking at a general scale, you know, between 16 to 18% body fat is an acceptable standard for females, between 12 to 16%, roughly around there for males. You know, if you're under 18% body fat, you're within the functional range. Obviously, the higher end of that, not as functional, but as you start to get lower and lower in body fat, you become more and more and more and more, you're upscaling your functional mass relative to your dysfunctional mass. Because you actually don't need that much body fat, depends on the season you're in, to keep you warm, especially if you have higher levels of muscle, having higher uh, functional mass such as bone and muscle will keep you warmer, particularly muscle. So with that being said, and also injury prevention is something that body fat helps with. You get less, you just have more cushioning around your joints. Moving that to the side though, moving that aside, if you're in a state of disrepair is why I brought this up. If you're in a state of disrepair physically, then you will be in a... State of disrepair psychologically. 
your psychology affects your physiology as your physiology affects your psychology. If your body's not happy, your mind is not happy. If you can't move in the way that you wish to, then you will not think in the way that you wish to. Your thoughts and your your ability to cognitively process this reality is severely handicapped if your be- your ability to traverse this reality is severely handicapped. Now, yes, there are some outliers and there are some great examples of people who have been in physical states of disrepair that have done tremendous things with their psychology. But could it not be said that they could have done even better if they had a greater state of physical mobility? Absolutely. Absolutely. Human beings are designed to move. We are bipedal organisms. We walk. We run. We're not really designed to swim, but we somehow figured that shit out. Or we figured a lot of shit out, actually. It's one of the good things about human beings. All the shit that we've done wrong. One thing we did figure out is how to move as best we can. Human movement. Human movement. So, getting your physiology, and what I'm talking about here is I'm just going through the pillars of total temporal development. Physical is the next thing under purpose because we need to be able to enact ourselves throughout this world if you can't do that to the best of your abilities. And I'm not saying you have to be an Olympic level athlete. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that get yourself at a minimum, if you're a male, you should be aiming for around 12, anywhere between 12 to 16% body fat. That's at, at the 16% kind of at the maximum, unless you're, one, you're an absolute outlier who's trying to go for world record powerlifting. You know, that's different. I'm not talking about outliers. I'm talking about the general person. And if you're a female, you know, between roughly around 16, 18, if you want to be extra thick, maybe 20% body fat, but listen, more muscle, more muscle, that'll be much better thickness. Trust me. Anyways, putting those things to the side, make sure that your physical is in a state of great repair, not disrepair. At no other stage in our human evolutionary development could you have even possibly become overweight because just the idea of getting food was such a privilege. It was such a hard fucking effort to be able to hunt down a woolly mammoth or to be able to trap an animal or to be able to catch a fish. You know, it's you had to expend a lot of calories just to be able to get those calories. So take a good look at yourself. Take a good look at yourself and look at what you're dishonoring in terms of your ancestry when you look at yourself or honoring. You know? And even if that's not even going to be a motivator for you, just the pure fact that if I have a greater physical state, I'll have a greater psychological state which means that I will be able to, my presence, my level of presence, my level of groundedness, my ability to be able to deal with the emotional conflict and storms in my life will be better handled if my body is not in a constant state of stress and disrepair. There's certain types of stress that we want. Weightlifting is stressful. It is stress. Breaking down muscle tissue, sauna, cold plunge, it's all stress, but it's managed stress. It's induced stress. It's not uncontrolled. It is extremely stressful to be walking around with excessive non-functional mass, and that's not something that you asked for. Well, not consciously. It's not something you can take a break from normally. If you're 20, 30 kilos overweight, you can't take a break from that unless you sit down, which is not a good, not a good mechanism to deal with it. Then you're not going to burn any more cal- yeah, so. Anyways, let's get off this. Like I said, we're getting tangents here. Getting major tangents. It is the podcast. I mean, it is the podcast. It is the poto. So, moving down from physical, then you go down into mental. So, mental is now the upscaling and the uprating of your psychological development. So, this is to this is to go out through life and to seek truth, 
to be able to seek truth through all the different modalities, whether that is through learning through mentors, learning through coaches, learning first off, learning through your own experience, and then seeking to reference that experience off of coaches and mentors, to go through the journeys of of going through whatever reality you currently are engaged in and seeking the greatest truth. However you want to do that, seminars, books, whatever, boot camps, but whatever, that mental development, box that together, that's that. I don't want to, I'm realizing that we've gone into real huge tangents on this. So this is not a podcast on total temple development, but there's mental development there. You know, liaise, create connections, business connections, networking, social, all these different friends uh, that will help you to upscale and operate your mental development. Now, moving down to the final pillar of social development, which encompasses romantic relationships, platonic relationships, business relationships, uh, indirect, socially connected through the gym, through the bloody coffee shop, whatever it is, you know, how you interrelate with human beings. That's your social dynamics. That's your social side of your temple. You've asked me about uh, cold approach and you've, I think, did you? Did you ask me about cold approach? I'm not sure. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Fuck yes, you did. You said, I want to start a 30-day challenge. I just don't know if I can take knowing my inadequacies, just like how I'm really afraid to look at my own body. So that right there is, well, don't, don't even then. Don't, don't, don't do any cold approach. Do not, do not do any cold approach if you are going to start out with the mindset of that I am not willing to look at my own inadequacies because the very process of cold approach is looking at your inadequacies. If you're just going to go out and hope to look like a badass every single time, you're probably not going to go out for very long. And I'm talking about no longer than a day. You start a 30-day challenge and you want to look good doing it? The entire purpose of a 30-day challenge, as I described heavily in the last podcast, on which I highly recommend you check out, which is how to approach learning the journey of cold social dynamics, the very process of going out and doing a 30-day challenge is to analyze how much you suck to gain the full illumination of your inadequacies. That's why we do it. It's a analyzation period. It's not a period to get sex or to get women to validate you in the way that you wish to make you seem like you're as cool and that you are as James Bond as you thought you were. No, no, no. That's years away. Years and years away and nor should that ever be the goal. That's an indirect byproduct of what happens when you transform yourself through the process of fire, through the process of seeing your inadequacies and learning to overcome them. Only then do you get to one day look back and go, hey, I'm actually pretty grounded now. Hey, I actually don't get thrown off when I see an attractive woman. And I don't actually lose myself and become a blubbering buffoon. A blubbering baboon. (laughs) That's what we become, right? Keep it fun. That's what what we become. You become a, a a blundering baboon every time that you see a girl. If that's you, then you've got a lot of inadequacies to work over. So... Better work over, but to the point of what you're asking about, what if, if my mindset's not there? Yeah, don't don't go out and attempt to meet people if you're trying to meet people for selfish gain. If you're trying to meet people for selfish selfish gain, don't go out. If you're trying to meet people for selfish gain, do not go out. Full stop it there. Full stop it there. Come to the place of filling your own cup for the sake of filling your own cup for your own total temple development. Now that we've gone through all the pillars. Purpose, physical, mental, social development. 
And actually, hold on, let me just wrap up the social development there. Social development is not just in terms of your romantic relationships. It's also learning to become an emotional leader, to becoming a leader of social skills and to developing conscious competence in your social skills to be able to handle the difficult conversations with your boss or your family, with someone who's just lost their best friend or someone who's uh, just their mother or partner died in a car and you've got to be the person to be the emotional rock. You know, it's, it's learning how to socially interact in a social space with everyone and to gain competence over that, conscious competence. So that's temple as I describe it, four different sections, but there's also the section above it that transcends all of it, which is known as the inner garden. And the inner garden is your knowing of true reality, which actually we discussed quite heavily at the beginning of this podcast. So I'm going to leave that there. Otherwise, we will not be finishing this podcast in the way that I said we would. And we'll be getting on way too many tangents. Way too many tangents. So, just take a pause, my friends. Take a nice deep breath into your balls or into your eggs. Let the heart rise. Rise. And then let it fall. Nice deep breath. Into the balls, into the eggs, and the heart rise. I want no short breaths, no short breaths from anyone who's watching this content. Take it deep. <laughs> you guys know what I was about to say. Balls deep, <laughs> eggs deep. Okay, so I'm sure you all said it in your heads. I certainly did. Okay, so let's move on to the next part. And this is the part that we'll wrap up this guy's email with, and we'll start to wrap up the pod. Wrap up. I say wrap up the podcast. We'll move to the final section of the podcast. Okay. Okay, so just making sure we address that. Oh, I guess I kind of just got to tie that up. So the way that I'll tie that up to his question of how do I get on the journey from evolving from boy to man is total temple development. I'll be investing all of my energy in all of those four sections. And you, you do that. That's the journey from evolving from immature to mature. That's the journey to becoming someone who's respectable of supreme excellence of honor. That is that journey. That is the journey. Yes. Okay. So moving on here. This is the final bit. He goes, final question. Well, it's not really a question, but it's the thing I really want to target. He says, I'm still hurting from the breakup. It's been hard accepting it. I'm practicing regular mindfulness with the emotional management through meditation, daily cold showers. Brilliant. And so that's the part I just want to focus on here in this kind of little clap, last clap, in which that how do I go about the processing of the hurt from the breakup? And this is where we're going to talk about the long-term hurt. You're starting to make that long-term hurt that long-term hurt locker. You're storing that pain. You're storing that pain. And that actually speaks to the Instagram message from that guy who said, best way to move forward from a breakup, from a long-term breakup, it's been rough or it's been tough. It's been rough, it's been tough. You're finding it hard to accept the fact that it's over now. Even though the very first concept I hit you guys with in this entire podcast was, and it's over now. There's nothing I'm going to say that is going to force you to relinquish the pain within your own hurt locker. But please come in with me. If you're 
dealing with pain, if you're dealing with pain after a breakup in the long term, now it's been six months, 12 months, this is no longer just a matter of you having to come to grips with what reality is and sewing up that gash in the acute short term. This is now you storing and holding on to that pain. If it, even if it's anything really past two weeks, I'm that's just the beginning of long term. I would still put that into long term. It's just the beginning of long term. It only just gets worse as the more term goes by. Let's say you're three months, four months, six months to a year past the breakup and you're still in your mind, dealing with the pain, still can't accept it, still can't move on? Well, if you still can't move on, what does that mean? You haven't let go. How can you ever move forward if you won't let go? And in the wise words of Armin Arlet, if you can't let it go, it's not worth holding on to. The hurt locker is what we are describing. You've chosen to store your pain away for egoic grandization. I said it before in this podcast, the ego loves pain. Why? Because it's yours. Because it's my pain. Because she was mine. He was mine. It hurts so much that they're not mine anymore. They caused me so much pain. She cheated on me. He cheated on me. I can't let them go. I won't let them go. I want them back. I want her to want me back. I, 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 me, 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 my pain, my pain. Anyone who says to me that it's tough, it's rough, can't let go of this, can't move on from this breakup in the long term, it's a choice. You've chosen this way of being. You've erected a steel steel locker within your emotional space, your emotional body, and says that I will hold this, I will hold the experience of whether it's no longer being able to connect with that person, sex with that person, just see that person, whatever it may be, whatever you're clinging on to the most, whatever that you're clenching, clench fisting of the most. It stays in there now, so I can always return back to it. Pain kept in the long term is pain chosen. You just really need to come to grips with that. You really need to understand that. The next question then becomes for all of you that have accepted that, because accepting that it's over now, accepting that you guys have broken up, you had to do that in the first one to two weeks. That very primal and very necessary acceptance has to come within the first one to two weeks just for you to be able to live, just for you to be able to eat and breathe, to be gaining your grip, to re-grip onto what reality actually is and to get back into the moment of what now is. Whether you did that in the most healthy way possible is what we described at the beginning of this podcast. Maybe, hopefully. If not, you can learn from it now. But now that we move into the long term, for whatever the reason may be. If you're still experiencing that pain, I want you to now look at, because you say that, well, why would I choose to hold this pain? Just because I like it? That doesn't make sense. It would not make sense to you consciously. Consciously, you'll do everything you can to rationalize around your pain. 
subconsciously you will go into any car wheel, into any backflip to say that, no, 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 it's because of them. It's because of them. It's because I don't deserve this. It's because it's always happens to me. It's always going to be something that never directly points the mirror at you where you have to stare yourself into the depths of your own eyes and go, I'm choosing this because I still want to be in pain. There's nothing I will ever say to you that will force the realization upon you that you're the one that's clenching this pain and will not let it go. It's your journey and it's your process to process that pain. And when I talk about processing pain, this is it right here. To process your pain is to acknowledge it for what it is and the nature of why I keep holding on to it. That's what processing your pain means. Processing your pain doesn't mean that you re-inflict it or that you sit down with it in sessions with brown leather couches and just discuss the pain. To process the pain is to look at why you continue to hold on to it. And in the enlightenment of you understanding why I choose to hold on to my own pain, you gain the ability to set it free. It's through waking up from the delusion of that the pain was not something that I had control of and to realize that I have full control of this pain. I can choose to relinquish the past, dissipate the future, and sit deeply into what is now. There's no pain in now. There's no pain in now. You know, whether it's short term or whether it's long term, it's always going to come back to now. It's just that the way that you get there is going to be slightly different. The way to get there in long term is going to be nights on your own. Disconnection from distraction, disconnection from social media, friends and family, to sit with yourself underneath the moon, underneath truth, underneath a waterfall, within the bosom of mother's garden. Surround yourself in truth. And then as you start to say, okay, I will now process my pain. What does this mean? Oh, subjectively look at it. When did we break up? It's January. What is it now? Almost June. That's been about five months, six months. Based on that podcast, does that fit into acute short-term pain? That's just me regaining grip on reality? Or does that fit into the hurt locker of long-term pain storage? Six months, five, six months, definitely hurt locker. So the way to process, how do we process hurt locker pain? To gain enlightenment of why we are choosing to place it within the hurt locker. Why we choose not to let it go. Why we choose to hold on to it. Let's do it. I'm sitting here underneath the Bodhi tree, underneath this moon. I can hear the waterfall. I ask myself, why is it that I am still holding on? Why won't I let go of this pain? Why do I like the pain so much? That it means so much to me that I'd rather feel its presence each day, if but for only a moment, but enough so that I would not move on entirely to embrace something new and create something forward. Why is this? And you get to know yourself. And only through getting to know yourself, only going deep within to the mountain of knowing yourself, would you ever come back out the other side to realize that you were no one. That all of the pain that you traversed and adventured within that deep mountain of getting to know yourself was just an illusion. 
The mountain never really was the mountain. All it took was the awareness of that I went inside the mountain and now that I'm back out. The clouds, they come and they go. They come and they go. But the moon will always be there for you. The truth will always be there for you. The mountains of your life, the emotional pain of your life, it'll come and it'll go. It comes and it goes. But the truth of now will always be here for you. I never owned this person. They were never mine to keep. I never owned the emotion she gave me. I never owned the love, the peace and the joy she made me feel. I never owned... I never owned. Only grateful. I step it up a level. Only grateful. To now move beyond. I just don't want you, once you now analyze your pain and process your pain for what it is, I would like you to step up to the next level and to now construct, to build, to forge a new mindset towards that person. How about gratitude? Let's start there. Overcoming a breakup. How many times have you gone through that breakup and said, thank you. Thank you for this breakup. Thank you for this experience. It's given me a platform to become stronger, to grow deeper, to move forward in my life, to overcome my own inadequacies. You show me the mirror. The pain that I'm dealing with right now shows me my immaturity, shows me my deep attachment to illusory things. I have an extra piece of enlightenment of what reality is and what life is, what it means to be a human being. I have another notch of experience within my casket. Thank you. Thank you for the times that we did spend together that were good, that were wholesome, when the true was true. Thank you for showing me in the good times, what it means to bring good times to others. That I'm better prepared to bring good to someone else now. And while I have a lot to work on, it's not as if that if we spent a meaningful period of time together, that there aren't things that made me better. We improved each other. You know, as bad as a relationship can be, there's at least some stage, even if only but for a week in some of the worst relationships, where you guys actually treated each other well, that it was mutually reciprocated, And even then, that reference will still be stored away and will allow you to reference again how to treat someone else well. Thank you. Hontoni Kanchesta. Truly grateful. So we thank for not only the experience, but the person who engaged in that experience with us. Now that we've let go of our pain, we construct something new. Now let's just wish it forward. Now that I'm grateful, now first off, now that I've let go of the pain and now that I'm grateful, let me wish you forward. Let me say that I want the best for you in your life. We may not be together anymore and we may never experience anything intimate again, but that doesn't mean that I can't wish that for you for someone else because I never owned you. And why wouldn't I want the absolute best for you? If there was a time in my life where I wanted the best for you, just because we're not together now, that shouldn't change it. So I want you to experience the best of a human life possible. I want you to feel love again. 
once you experience that pace and joy again. And you mean it. And you mean it. And you breathe. And you breathe. And that's it. And that's all there is to it. It's not complicated. Number one, let go of the pain. How do we let go of the pain? By analyzing the very fact that we are holding onto it. And breaking that down to the point of no return, to the point of no divergence. That we just address it for what it is. Part two, the gratitude for what was, honoring that, honoring that person experiences you had. Let's construct a positive frame around the experience of what it was so that it can die peacefully, so that we don't have to keep resurrecting it in our minds and inflaming it. Let's reframe it positively and send it off into the ocean, never to be reopened again, never to be found again. And finally, let's wish them forward. Give them our best and mean it's the organic truth that you could possibly derive. That's how you overcome and break up in the long term. So, my friends, I feel like this is exactly where we should wrap up this podcast and we just hit a summary here. Key mindsets, and it's over now. I didn't own this person. Key actions, first one to two weeks. Distance yourself from inflammatories. Processed food, processed imagery, anything that doesn't speak to truth of what is happening right now. Engage all the things that are happening right now. Get as much of the cold showers, ocean cold plunges, mother nature into your life. Physical practices that bring you into the flow and presence of now. Bring that in as much as you can. Seal up that wound without inflaming it more so. If you do form a hurt locker, well, then we've just been through that process. And that process that I just referred, that, I, that three-step process I just went through is what I call processing your pain. Okay? Go through the process and make sure it's the top priority. You know? Don't, don't half-ass it. Don't half-ass it. The only reason why you would half-ass it is if you still want to hold on to that pain, which is why you never truly process it. It's much better to go through. Now, the way I described that processing of your pain, I said it very eloquently. I said it in a very nice, sexy voice. However, there will be a lot of pain in that. Your ego will fight tooth and nail to stop you from doing the very three things that I just said. Your ego will fight hard to stop you from not only letting go of its pain and not only having gratitude and positivity for the framing of the experience altogether. You, depending on how how deep your hurt locker is, there is going to be some struggle. There's going to be some fight. Otherwise, it would not be the hurt locker. Process it. Deal with it in a timely and concise manner as fast as possible. Don't let it fester. Because the more you let pain fester within you, the more that you withhold love from someone else. Like I said before the start of this podcast, it's so selfish to walk around with pain. 
It's so selfish to walk around with pain, to harbor hate and darkness and pain within you. Not just because of how that affects you, but because more so how it affects other people. Everyone else can feel it. Human beings are receptors. We are emotional receptors that take on the emotional distress and stress and also euphoria of others. We feel the euphoria of others. You feel it when someone's smiling and it's genuine. You feel that. When someone's crying, you feel that. We are emotional receptors. You're going to walk around with this pain? It's selfish to the grandest level. It is egoic to the grandest level. Don't your family and friends deserve your love? Don't your closest deserve the best of you? Well, if not for your sake to move forward and to process your pain, what about for their sake? So done, eh? Ah. Yeah, dado, dado, eh? Am I right? Okay, my friends. Yeah, that was beautiful. It's been a beautiful session. We have done many podcasts, at least two specifically. This might even be, I might have titled this part three. I might have just titled it something on its own, but we've done quite a bit of content on the breakups over the time. But, you know, it's always good to rehash things. And uh, as I evolve, I, I think about things differently and I process things differently. I'm sure there's going to be some rehashes from the previous content in here. I know that. And it's over now as a key mindset that's helped me from a really, really, since at least 2016, I've been using that. It's a real grounder. But, you know, the clenched fist, the open palm, that's stuff you guys haven't heard before. That's stuff that I'm relatively using those analogies for the first time with you guys at least. This has been a lot of new stuff dropped in this episode. And so I want to thank you for those of you that have been present that have been here with me. I most appreciate it. While this is not a live session. In these BDPs, I can get into such deep flow because I'm not having to address the live chat. I'm not having to constantly stop and start. And while I do like the live class engagement, I'm very grateful for it. These BDPs, I've, I've forgotten how powerful they are and how much value are actually within them, which a lot of you guys sounded off, guys and girls sounded off last week. So I would, also, I would love your feedback. If you could drop me a comment on YouTube with your feedback about the session, any big bigs, any big truths you may have had during the session, if you're going through a breakup, how you're processing it, how you're dealing with your egoic attachment, anything that you're dealing with, hit me up on the YouTube video, drop comments there. I always come back and respond. But if you want to get a little more intimate with me, you can, of course, hit me up on Instagram at uitang1, double O-I-Tang1. Slide me a DM. Follow me up over there and uh, and we can stay connected over there. A lot of content going on over there. But if you would like to send me a really deep email like X did in this particular podcast, boldojo.com, B-O-W-L-D-O-J-O.com. Links all down in the YouTube description as well. You can send me emails there. Basically, every page has a contact form. Just go to the about section. That's probably the easiest one to get to. But also, don't forget to sign up to the Bowl Sip weekly email newsletter. It's where I update you guys on, uh, I give you a recap of the week of all the new content, what's going down, what might be happening in the future. Stay in the loop. Stay in the loop on what's going on. And uh, that's most appreciated. And of course, if you guys would like to support the channel and support this podcast, you can uh, send a little something, a little donation through either the PayPal link, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M Adam O-O-I. 
Links are on the YouTube description. Oh, and also on the actual website itself, boldojo.com in the Boldojo podcast section, top of the page. There's a direct donation link through there if you'd like to send a little something, if you feel like you got something from the show. That's always most appreciated. And with that being said, don't forget to drop a thumbs up on this video if you're here on YouTube. Subscribe, tap the bell, send with your mates. And I think that's all the plugs. Yes, uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's a great time here, guys. And I thank you so much for being here. So, signing out. As always, I am wishing you the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy. Crisp. Ja, that's crisp. <laughs>